0: Mike Mike and,
1: Oscar. and the Oscar goes to the Oscar to the season do of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co host, Mike One. Co host also, Mike, is here. You haven't heard the entrance music in a while. It's an honest to goodness Oscar race checkpoint for a change as our 75 part year in preview series is put on hold for one episode and we uh we pivot to talk about the upcoming can lineup Michael
0: yeah I think they're getting ready they are poised and ready like those monkey shines monkeys that are just ready to clap 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 and, and they won't stop I can I can I can tense it I can sense it I can sense the tension do you think they will ever stop clapping in France Michael
1: monkey shine monkeys is that the actual name of them <laughs> I
0: don't know they're from the. You remember the stupid with the symbols, the monkey shine monkey from yeah. uh, Stephen King. I, I I think so. I don't know that
1: I ever knew them as monkey shine, but like the little toys with the symbols you're talking about. Yeah, Stephen King yeah, yeah, made a horror yeah, yeah. Or yeah.
0: something or other. All right, yeah. I
1: didn't see that, but all right, all right, well. I've
0: I've insulted the French quite a bit on this show <laughs> just by my sheer ignorance of pronunciating – The French language. And we're going to do that again Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. And now I've called them Monkey Shines Monkeys
1: and with that we're going to talk about the of course the amazing france film festival known as can as so speaking mm. of mispronunciations and stuff that we are uh, staking our claim and we have the Cannes lineup is going to be a major part of this oscar race checkpoint as well we're going to catch you up uh, on some things that went down at star wars festival some announcements by uh, what is now known as max not hbo max any further uh, and 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 the like so that'll be your oscar race checkpoint your deviation from the year in preview series the oscar's year in preview series at least let's talk about can and some potential Oscars contenders on the horizon, Mike.
0: Yeah, let's preview some more potential Oscar films. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though we're, this is a big deviation. big, big, <laughs> Huge, <laughs> huge pivot. Yes. Huge pivot from us in the spring. Uh, we have 19 films in competition at Cannes competing for the Palme d'Or. Six of those 19 films were directed by women. This is a new record. This is not good. I don't know why they're patting themselves on the back so hard. There's only one better than last year, but I guess it's... It, Better is better.
1: Not even a third of the field. Okay. Uh, women otherwise directed seven of seventeen in the Uncertain Regard, which are films not in competition for the palm. Seven of twenty films in the Fortnite section, three of the seven in the Critics Week in the Critics Week section, excuse me, and then four other films playing out of competition,
0: including the opening nighter, which is Jean Barret. Plus, we have one documentary that we'll talk about uh, for the jury, headed by Triangle of Sadness director and last year's Palm d'Or winner, Ruben Aslund, to choose from. Uh, of course, the French are very excited about their one documentary, but it's a big deal. We'll get into it. Uh, we have two American films right off the top in competition, two films we've already previewed, Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, starring Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Jeffrey Wright, Jason, I'm Not, Adam Sandler, Chandler Schwartzman, uh, and then a whole nother list of American, mostly white actors, uh, mm-hmm. and and look at this is this is what we thought was going to happen for the film that's going to be debuting late June uh, in, in your American movie theaters. But uh, we have Wes Anderson going back to Cannes your american movie theaters
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is uh Wes Anderson's third time being nominated for the palm at Cannes uh he's a favorite there he, he's made his mark there he's beloved he may be due for the palm win actually but uh look the more the most successful anderson films at least from an awards standpoint have been the ones that have been uh, like a little less Schwartzmanny? <laughs> Come on! Why is he saying. catching
0: so many strays on this podcast? This man is an excellent actor, writer. He's he's a triple. He's probably a triple threat. I'm sure he's good at one other thing. What are we doing? Being replaced by Adam Sandler?
1: Yeah, he's great. <laughs>
0: May, December is the other American film in competition. This is, of course, from Todd Haynes, starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. I'll remind you guys of the plot premise here. 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past.
1: Yeah, I've said it before, and I'll say it again uh, when previewing this movie. Haynes is a low-key Oscars magnet, or at least an Oscar nom magnet. So keep your eye on this one, May-December. He
0: might be a high-key magnet because yeah. Velvet Gold Mine in 96, which yeah, did— Robert Pattinson. Well, it, the poster actually did not feature either yeah. Ewan McGregor nor Robert Pattinson. It was Jonathan Rhys-Meyers. Both of us have— Wait. That's not that's not Ewan McGregor on the poster. <laughs> no. And here I am like, you know, you're joshing that. Oh, that's Robert Pattinson. And then I'm like, yeah, Ru- Ewan McGregor. You know, he was young then. And I'm like belligerently saying uh, the they're taking the bit in an opposite direction, which is par for the course for Mike, Mike and Oscar episodes. Mm-hmm. And we were both wrong hilariously. Well, I'm not wrong. That's Robert Pattinson. But that's not Ewan McGregor. <laughs> was Robert
1: Pattinson even born yet? Is the he question. took a time machine. I don't know how many times we have to go over this, Mike.
0: <laughs> Far From Heaven was the second <laughs> of Todd Haynes' Oscar-nominated films. That went for four Oscars, including uh, one Haynes nomination in original screenplay. I'm Not There got Kate Blanchett, a supporting actress nom. And then, of course, Carol was nominated for six, including what I hope are some some lingering best picture snub powers granted to the Todd Haynes uh prospective Oscars campaigning this year for May, December. Carol, Carol. Yeah, and when Haynes has uh, gone to the TV route as well,
1: he's been nominated and got some Emmys for his works there, too. So he is certainly an awards magnet, at least as far as getting nominated at the biggest awards, uh, the awards show for the industry he's in.
0: Yeah, Mildred Pierce, which was good, by the way. Kate Winslet and Mildred Pierce. Anyway, three films in competition at Cannes from the United Kingdom Firebrand we are al- already previewed starring Alicia Vikander and Jude Law it follows Queen Catherine Parr and Henry Henry VIII or Henry mm-hmm. Henry VIII's marriage uh, yeah, there'd be few things
1: as on brand for the French than to put a film mocking the foibles and troubles of a famous British monarch on a pedestal and lavish it with praise and awards. So would not be surprised to see this one do well.
0: So the Hundred Years War just never really ended for you, <laughs> did it?
1: Just keep on going. Take their shots back and forth.
0: <laughs> we got Medieval Times jokes on this episode of MMO, folks. Uh, we'll transition seamlessly to the Old Oak Oak. Which an old man should direct. I mean that should mm. be the title of every eighty something year old man's film. My right? word the, is oak. The old oak, directed mm. by Ken it's old, old wooden ship. Mm-hmm. Ken Loach <laughs> of I Daniel Blake, The Wind That Shakes the Barley, and Keys Kes, The Future for the Last Remaining Pub, The Old Oak, in a village of the northeast of northeast England, uh, where people are leaving the land as the mines are closed. That's a run-on sentence, mm-hmm. or I can't read good. Houses are cheap and available, thus making it an ideal location for the Syrian refugees. Okay, oh, all right. You know, I I, I like the uh, I like the still that was released. I saw that on uh, online, and I I love the last few Syrian refugee movies that I, I saw that I can't remember the names of coming right. out of Great Britain. So let's go again. The Old Oak. Mm-hmm. All right, not that, not, I'll be in for the old oak, and we also have zone of interest to follow that up from Jonathan Glazer, "Sexy Beast," "Birth Under the Skin." Director, it's going to be a heavy one. Jonathan Glazer taking on Auschwitz uh, in terms of I think this is set from the perspective of German officers, and there's some kind of romance on you know a, a romance that's not supposed to happen apparently during World War II there. All right.
1: Jonathan Glazer, by the way, his CV... It should start and end with the fact that he was the director of that breakthrough music video of nineteen ninety six, Jamiroquai's "Virtual Insanity," <laughs> because that band isn't around anymore, and that music video is still talked about today. We're transitioning
0: seamlessly in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> World War Two movie, but he made he made a banging music if video. If he puts in the, 90s. the
1: effects from the 1996 Jamiroquai music no, video into
0: this into this movie, he's winning the Oscar. He's. Uh... Uh, he's hopefully matured more than we mm-hmm. have since 1996. So let's just say that. I uh, hope not. We have I hope not. We have three films <laughs> in competition from Italy: uh, La Chimera from Alice Rohrwalker. Walker. Uh, I did not pronounce her name correctly. I, I no. maybe maybe I did. Mm-hmm. Happy as Lazzaro is her uh, feature film uh, that played a can a couple cans ago, and uh, kicking the cans down the road here. There you go dad joking sons of a guns starring josh o'connor la chimera of the crown uh isabel rossellini la chimera was just acquired by neon and is about a group of archaeologists in the black market of historical artifacts michael
1: Yeah, last week tonight, John Oliver's show, I think last year, had a whole show dedicated to either this premise or something very similar to this premise as to how artifacts from all these cultures actually end up in museums for great sums of money, even though they were like originally the product of like theft, rape and pillaging from their homelands. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, this has the potential to be something very serious and very dramatic is what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, I believe it. I also believe European actors enjoy saying the word chimera. Okay. (laughs) I just... Don't you? I mean, don't you feel this? Like, especially every actor in any spy movie ever made. What is a chimera? That's a great question. I believe Uh, it's like a half uh, dragon, half goat, half dog, half... Uh It's also like a virus that morphs. Can you be half... Two two wildly different explanations. (laughs) I skipped the fractions (laughs) lesson of my fourth grade math class, but... I think, I think that's Some what Some would is. say four halves or two. <laughs> I, I don't get that. I don't get what you just said. <laughs> Michael, the second Italian film here is kidnapped from Marco Bellocchio. Bellocchio. Yeah. Bellocchio? Uh, director, a director of 2019's The Traitor. So Belocchio, Belocchio, our, I'm not sure how
1: to pronounce that. Our apologies there. But Cannes knows how to pronounce it because he's no stranger to that film festival. He won the honorary Golden Palm from Cannes back in 2021. And I, when you look at his CV, it's it's no surprise as to why he did. This is his eighth time being nominated in the
0: competition for the Palm, though it is like his 11th time, I think, appearing at Cannes overall with a film. Uh, then we have The Son of the Future from Giovanni Moretti. This, he was the Palm winner from 2001. Uh, 2001's The Son's Room. And The Son of the Future um, is a different way to pronounce the same word. It's a different spelling, at least. It's the sun, S-U-N,
1: of the future, and you won the palm for the sun, S-O-N's room. Okay. And I, I need
0: glasses, I think. All right. And that's <laughs> what this episode is proving immediately. Well,
1: well yeah, and, and and further, I can only pretend to know so many European filmmakers before the facade completely unravels. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to present the next three films, all from France, and I'll leave you to commentary oh, We can provide commentary on. So uh, Catherine Brilat, I, we're, this is a bad nope. episode for us. Oh, Briolette? B. Yeah, we'll go with that. That that sound. Last summer, she's the director of *The Sleeping Beauty and the
0: Last Mistress*. <laughs> I did see *The Last Mistress* fifteen years ago at the New York Film Festival, and I doubted myself, so I went back onto the internet and I looked it up, and there it was. So I, I and did. it was the movie you remembered. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> good for your brain. I don't remember a thing about the movie. Under pain of death. <laughs> that film has been wiped from my memory.
1: I imagine that's got to be, I mean, that has to be the case with you for hundreds of movies at this point, with all the movies you see on a yearly basis.
0: The King's English is being wiped from my memory and <laughs> the pronunciations during the early part portions of this episode, Michael. Good, good point. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall from director
1: Justine Trier. A woman is suspected of her husband's murder and their blind son faces a
0: moral dilemma as the sole witness. Son, what did mommy tell Daddy last night? I'll kill you. <laughs> Je vais t-tou-y. Je vais t-tou-y. I looked up the I was gonna say you, is that a okay. <laughs> I'll kill you in French. Ma'am, you're under arrest. And no, I don't know why I'm speaking English and in a southern, southern accent. accent. This bit doesn't even make any sense because no. there's no moral dilemma that I'm here by ascribing. It's a good thing I didn't write this movie. I don't know why we aren't a lot of can to be quite honest with you. <laughs> they they wouldn't even like give us a big rejection either. They'd be like, no, <laughs> just look up and go no, 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 no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the pot A a afu it's oof, the pot on oof, fire ooh, yeah oof, ooh, ooh. Ooh. all right it's the pot on fire uh, in english there it's starring juliette binoche directed by vietnamese born french filmmaker on hung tron it tells the story of eugenie an esteemed cook and doden the fine gourmet she has been working for
0: over the last 20 years sounds delicious now, you're uh, gonna get your fill there i i want to see that the mm. pot on fire anyway we'll move on to japan's Big name film, Monster. This is directed by Hirokazu Kurita of Shoplifters and Broker. They did release a Japanese language trailer. Oh, I didn't see that. You added that in late? No, I or
1: did. did you... I okay. did. All right, that's. So what I am excited for this one. I would have thought I would have jumped at that, but maybe not. And maybe I was just being stubborn and an idiot, and I just chose to be obstinate and choose not. to No, watch it.
0: Anyway. I, I blindsided you with that. I, right. I, I thought uh, I thought you you watched it. I don't, mm. you know. Fair enough. I did. Was it good? It was Japanese. and okay. No, it, it was good. The cinematography was good. I, I was able to actually follow the story. I don't, I don't know a lick of Japanese other than Ohio and <laughs> <laughs> one other phrase. Anyway, dumbass, dumbass <laughs> Rube American. But I love this man's films. Yeah, Corita and... hasn't
1: made a bad movie, it seems, at least not according to yeah. IMDb. You go back in his last 10 years, Broker was a 7.2 on 11,000 votes, Shoplifters a 7.9 on 8. I mean, this is taking into consideration that I think The Godfather Part Two is like a, a, an 8-point something, an 8.8 or something. Yeah. So 7.9 is up there on 80,000 votes. After the Storm from 2016, that was a 7.3 on 12,000. Our Little Sister from 2015 was 7.5 on 16,000. Like Father, Like Son from 2013 was a 7.8. He's done 7 feet. Feature films in the past decade, only two on IMDb are rated below
0: a seven. And even then, it was a 6.7 and a 6.5. So this film seems to be dealing with like a kid who's a bully and he grows up. And I, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I didn't follow the plot all that well, but it, it is intriguing. Is he uh, in Ohio? Ohio is a greeting, <laughs>
1: Michael. We have. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I thought you actually meant Ohio, the state. That's the word you understood.
0: No. I didn't know. I don't. I, I, I apparently speak less Japanese than you do. Well, apparently you do. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I hope movie does like a retrospective on the films of Hirokazu Koreeda because I'd like to catch up on some of his earlier work uh, mm. because I like his new stuff. I, uh, Shoplifters was one of my, I believe, it was top fifteen in twenty eighteen for me, and then Broker Broker had a lot of highs. I think it it made your work for some of the payoffs. Uh, last year, but I, I still gave it like a B grade with uh, Song Kang Ho in it. Mm-hmm. And both films made some money: eighteen million for Broker worldwide. Shoplifters made sixty-eight million worldwide. That was a that was a sizable hit a yeah. couple years back. Great to see. Uh, we have Perfect Days. This is a German-Japanese co-production from director Wim Wenders of the Palm winner way back. Uh, paris texas and here's the plot premise a janitor in japan drives between jobs listening to rock music it's also in the running for Vegas
1: movie synopsis of twenty twenty three. So if it doesn't win the palm, we can at least know it has that award. But,
0: yeah, but playing uh the janitor, we have uh, Koji Yakusho of Shall We Dance and Babble. I mean, he's a renowned Japanese actor. Uh you'll you recognize his face immediately. And I remember liking Paris, Texas. So I mean look, I think uh I think I'll watch a janitor bopping his head to music for uh <laughs> Two and a half hours. Well, I don't know about that, but... I mean, most of these movies come to the New York Film Festival, so... I'm probably going to eat a burger and go see The Perfect Days. That's probably going to happen. drive,
1: but without any of the tension or climax.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll keep an open mind. I'll just say that. We got this documentary, though, Michael. Youth, uh, in parentheses, spring from Wong Bing. And a lot of pundits are wondering if this is going to be a sneaky contender for the Palm this year out of China, since only two docs have ever won it. And the last time a doc even competed for the Palm was 2004 when a documentary did win it. That was Fahrenheit 9-11 from hmm. Michael Moore. And, of course, recently we've had All the Beauty and the Bloodshed win Venice, After yeah. the Adamant win Berlin. So Europe has been on a documentary kick with their film. We're photos. trending
1: in that direction, right? I mean, Clayton Davis has come on here and talked about it. Eric Weber did the same. Like, it's only a matter of time, I feel, before a documentary breaks through with the Best Picture ten at the Oscars.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's it could very well happen soon. I mean, where can you find documentary odds for best fe- best documentary feature Oscar odds? Do you got to go to Joey the Toe or Jimmy the Jimmy the Whole Foot? Yeah, you're not you're not getting
1: those for. Probably until near <laughs> nomination time. But with George Jimmy the whole foot, that was good. If you're gonna be <laughs> he answers level. he answers to Bobby the ankle, who sits right below <laughs> below
0: Freddy the shin. The level of corn we are we are been vending right now It's just awful. No
1: uh, the knee. He's the family head, of course. <laughs>
0: please please keep us going. Austria, I don't know where I was Thomas the Thigh. <laughs> Thomas is not a gangster name, though. Come on.
1: No, Tommy? Tommy the Thigh? Is that well, right? Tommy
0: the Thigh, yeah. But yeah. Thomas? Well, it's, I was thinking of something with a TH name for thigh. <laughs> uh,
1: Austria, Club Zero, starring Mia Wazakowski, of course, from Stoker, Alice in Wonderland, Bergman Island. A teacher takes a job at an elite school and forms a strong bond with five students, a relationship that eventually takes a dangerous turn. So are we talking like.
0: Uh could be are anything. we
1: talking yeah are we talking dangerous minds with michelle pfeiffer are we uh, talking the uh the maggie gyllenhaal remake from a couple years ago where yeah. she ducks the student by accident there's a couple different ways we can go here
0: it looks like these are high school kids but um i mean from the still who the hell knows mm-hmm. i mean if it's high school kids and that's you know you know what you're up against there potentially mm-hmm. scary
1: yeah yeah i don't think uh well you know Art is supposed to challenge you too, right? That's what I keep telling myself.
0: That's what I, I've heard at one point in my life as well. Uh, <laughs> out like of you refuse to see the Evil Dead uh, movie, <laughs> I, I'm already, I'm gonna see it. I'm probably gonna see it Thursday night. I, I, I legitimately can't wait. I'm, I I'm very excited. Wanna vomit? Like I wanna I may join get- you. If you go Thursday to Trumbull, I may join you. I need to get like. I need to, like, put my finger all the way down my throat, get it all out of my system. I'm going to hold your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> People are saying, like, it was on the Ringer uh, Big I've podcast. I've heard there uh, is a scene that is goriest, a lot.
1: Goriest ever. I have heard there is one particular scene involving a cheese grater
0: that is a lot. Oh, we saw that in the friggin' trailer.
1: Uh, we saw something about it
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about we're talking about out of competition and we knew that the killers of the flower moon indiana jones and the di- a duck of death a dial of destiny <laughs> is going to be indiana jones and the walk at lunch <laughs> killers of the flower moon we knew it was coming And uh, we knew Harrison Ford was getting a big award there. Yeah, why not switch these
1: or combine them, right? Like, let Leo play the action-adventure hero and have Harrison Ford's biggest movement in his movie be changing sweaters where Time Magazine says he looks unrecognizable in them, right? Like, (laughs) why do this? Wouldn't Leo make a decent action-adventure lead at this point in his career? No.
0: You don't think so? Well, compared to Old Man River, maybe. I'd I much the, rather see that movie. The amount of money they sink into the de-aging CGI. So unnecessary. Anyway, we've been hearing about these two obvious inclusions for a while, I can. And much has been made recently in all the podcasts I listen to about how Killers is not competing for the Palm. There's two arguments. If you lose, that's bad publicity for Paramount and Apple, right? But if you win, there's upside and by not competing, you're kind of playing into the this is a big movie thing. We saw Elvis Gun yeah. not compete last year. How about the fact that it's Martin
1: Scorsese? I mean, you know, not to, and I know the director of Cannes was asked about this. Like, you know, is Martin Scorsese too big to compete? Look, I mean, it's Martin Scorsese. I don't think it's well, Spielberg just won the Tiff Grolsch. That's true. That's true. I mean, but he didn't need to. I think it would be the same thing, right? If he chose to, to just portray it or display it and premiere it out of competition i don't
0: think anyone would have thought twice about it i think paramount's following the top gun maverick playbook to an extent because they played can perfectly well last year mm-hmm. and ergo i think scorsese should get a proportionate 30 minutes of non-stop applause for his four-hour film that's look that's the rule france yeah. you you brought this on yourself. Or let us in there, like we said last episode or two episodes ago, and we'll just do the
1: standing we'll ovation exa- the entire time. No,
0: no, or we could exaggerate it properly. Like, if it's <laughs> three minutes, we'll say it's 30 minutes. And people will trust us. Like, we have them... You know,
1: you know, we I mean, should come in, like, that,
0: we, we bring our,
1: <laughs> nobody trusts us, we, we should bring in, like, we'll bring our own snacks and lunches, like, let us have a spread, and we'll just clap the entire These time. These two
0: guys who have the laziest <laughs> pseudonyms in the history of podcasting. <laughs> this was the worst film festival ever. <laughs> we'll move on to the another intriguing out of, I think, out of competition well, film. Well, it's intriguing, but it's not, I don't think it's foreseen. Yeah, go ahead. Cobweb from Kim Ji-Woon, the director behind I Saw the Devil. Cobweb is about director Kim Song Kang-Ho, who is obsessed with the fact that the ending of the movie Cobweb, which was filmed in the 1970s, would be better if refilmed. It is a film that depicts the sad and funny things that happen while filming under conditions. Okay, so take that last (laughs) sentence out, and let me tell you that you're getting a movie from the director
1: of I Saw the Devil, Kim Kim Ji-Woon. Song Kang-Ho is the lead in it. You're talking about a a movie called Cobweb, and the the lead of that is obsessed with the fact that he wants to refilm it. You're getting, like, you know, the Jordan Peele-type vibes. You're getting I Saw the Devil vibes. That's all creepy, and yet... You don't this isn't a creepy movie. It's listed as a comedy and drama on IMDb. The last sentence like you said, the sad and funny things that happen when film while filming under conditions could you be any more vague? IMDb has this listed as a premise described as an experimental and genre-defying drama shot entirely on sound stages in support of a film within a film narrative. This is not at all what I would expect from this combination of people in front of and behind the camera.
0: Yeah, I I don't understand what it is really about. Like, what's. Like, are people going to die on set of this recreation? Is this like a Captain Ahab? He's just going full tilt. I got to re-record, re-refilm this ending, and this is going to turn into like this shadow of a vampire. You know, remember Willem Mm. Dafoe as the Svaratu kind of thing without the monster? Under conditions. (laughs) Because there's no. I, I haven't seen a lot of this director's other films. No, I mean think either, I've yeah. seen one or two, to be honest with you. I just don't recall them now, but, but I, I saw I would... The Devil was great. Crazy though. Crazy. Sure. So how is this movie not crazy? But maybe maybe it isn't. How is it a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Jean du Barry, it's the
1: opening night film. This has Johnny Depp as Louis XIV. Uh, directed by and starring actress Mai Wen, Michael. Mike, what do we have for your synopsis here?
0: Well, I watched the trailer, too. It's okay. uh, the life of G- Jeanne Bécu, who was born as the illegitimate daughter of an impoverished seamstress in 1743 and went on to, to rise through the court of uh, Louis the Fifteenth to become the his last official mistress. I watched the trailer. Gorgeous production design it's filmed at all these real-life castles and kingdoms there and gardens and the landscaping and the costumes as That's you saw what I was from the stills for. yeah yeah the co- I mean this is an early entry right this is tailor-made the
1: stereotypical academy type pick of of what they like to see in their costumes and even their makeup and hair if you look at the stills from this so i would think this is going to be something to keep an eye on for a couple of those categories and we actually have a couple early contenders for those annual period piece slots that the academy uses every year we got this and chevalier is something that has caught uh we've we've talked about a ton here but it's finally coming out chevalier
0: chevy <laughs> chevy cavalier yeah chevy cavalier Can't like a rock go ahead <laughs> I think he invented that (laughs) song. He was the, I mean, a man before his time, as we know. Johnny Depp in this role is, like, really creepy, though. No? I mean, I'm watching Uh, this trailer. I'm like, this guy just, you know, he's been in in courtrooms for the last year. Could you not say that
1: about every Johnny Depp role,
0: though? Yeah, but this is him seducing this woman. I didn't see the trailer. This is another trailer you added late, so. Yeah. anyway and they they're patting themselves on the back for not includes, including other controversial films but this is the controversial film that they're starting the festival with and they know was it
1: can or venice that's always like saying
0: out of pocket stuff
1: i always get them confused but one of the we, who, the director of one of them remember a couple years ago he was like well women just don't make good films essentially
0: oh god
1: <laughs> right I <don't> like think... <laughs> i don't think it was can either i think it was venice i'm not entirely sure though but oh god well they they've you know, then I also I'm also our, heavily paraphrasing, by the way, that's not we have
0: gone 15 rounds yeah. with, with both of those. Right. You
1: know, so I, what I'm, my point, though, is that I'm not all that surprised to see them maybe trip over themselves a bit when it comes to what they deem controversial and not.
0: Yeah, it, it's very true. We otherwise have uh, one particularly recognizable casting from the uncertain regard section, Michael. The new boy has Kate Blanchett in it. It's directed by Warwick Thornton. Depicts the mesmeric. Didn't know that
1: was a word. I went to law school. Mesmeric story of a nine-year-old <laughs> aboriginal orphan boy who arrives in the dead of night at a remote monastery run by a renegade nun.
0: I'm mesmered. I am <laughs> mesmered. So it applies. Mesmeric. So. All right. Mesmeric, I imagine that's the pronunciation. Mesmer, I'm,
1: yeah. I don't know, I'm. It's mes, it's the, you know, mesmerizes the. Scratching my beard. Should we so. just pivot to becoming an English podcast? Is that?
0: <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> Uncertain regard is a section that I do follow every year because, again, a lot of these films wind up at the New York Film Festival, and I have loved some of the recent entries. Last year we had Korschage. <laughs> joy joyland which i loved at sundance uh return to soul which i need to see i still have not seen seen return to soul Solidary or the blue caftan no. which were both well anyway return to soul won the boston society of film critics best picture award oh that's awesome right that's right there. that's right and the blue caftan was shortlisted for the oscars uh mm-hmm. international feature 2021 after yang great freedom lamb your favorite film prayers of the stolen netflix Mexican. like how do you how do you go to Cannes? with all these stars and stuff and you
1: go you, you want to watch all these movies and you just this is why yeah, I don't really trust film like you're so beaten down by film festivals that they're going to slip a movie like lamb in there and you're just going to be like oh all
0: right <laughs> <laughs> that's the joy of discovery if you, you saw but that but you need to go in there with a clear mind mo- like you can't just lamb can't be
1: your third movie of an eight movie day is what i'm trying to say you're never going to be objective
0: you're going to love it or hate it which right. is why we get these crazy-ass <laughs> reviews out of these film festivals. <laughs> like, David Ehrlich is just... He's, he's tearing... He's gnashing his teeth, and he's tearing his shirt. He's ripping it apart. His T-shirt. That's what I picture at IndieWire's... <laughs> Indie Wires post-screening. I, I tell, say it all the time. Like, I, I could not do it,
1: Mike. I and mean, you can, and God bless you for doing it. And I'm jealous that I can't do it, but I, I just... There's no way. Like, if I if I was in the middle of a seven movie day, and you just threw Lamb at me as the fifth movie, I'm leaving because th- I'm going to think I'm hallucinating at that point.
0: <laughs> I tell you, I had to I had to take a long quesadilla break, which I'm going to get into <laughs> after watching the first film of my three movie day. So maybe I'm becoming you uh, to an extent. Maybe I'm getting less anyway endurance. But uh, like, Wind River, Border, Long Day's Journey, and tonight, Nina Wu. A lot of a lot of good movies in mm-hmm. certain regard over the years, so I'm gonna 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 follow up. I'm
1: gonna follow Did up. on Did we say section. killers is in certain regard, or it's totally out of competition? out
0: of competition? Okay,
1: yeah. all right. Good to know. I just totally lost our place as to where we were. All right. And finally, uh, Can announced the, the director's fortnight section, which has several notables, including Michael Gondry's return film after seven years. Michelle. The book, Michelle. Uh, Mich- Michelle. Uh, yeah. You, reading,
0: American
1: rude. I know. I'm really bad this episode. I'm really, really bad. I apologize. <laughs> like, sincerely, I apologize. I'm very bad at pronunciation this episode. Uh, Michelle Gondry's return. I know that name, too. Good Lord. Uh, after seven years, The Book of Solutions, and then Hong Sang-so's seventh film in the last three years in our day uh, seven no,
0: films in three yeah, years mike he's been busy <laughs> he <likes laughs> and there's he, two so as there's two in new york every single year <laughs> how do you <laughs> do that I, and we and we give ty west
1: all this praise too and this guy's been doing it for three years in a row now
0: yeah
1: uh, melanie goodfellow of deadline dot com also made it a point to highlight the sweet east a road trip movie by
0: good time cinematographer sean price williams And she also wrote about the feeling that the time for doing something has passed from award winning short filmmaker Joanna Arnau, whose film has, quote, follows the life of a woman as her life slips away in a long term casual BDSM relationship and a low level corporate job. I don't hate that at all. If you're going to go crazy, go crazy. (laughs) I love it. I I sincerely do. I, I love it. There was a trailer for Sanctuary that I got tickets for at the Atlanta Film Festival because it was an online film festival. And this is—I forget the two actors. I really want to see it. Like, it is about a dominatrix and a, like a C, like a billionaire CEO, and she gets the upper hand. And well, that's a real story. Oh my God! Well, it it got taken away. Like I got refunded. My credit card got oh, refunded because it got taken out of the virtual. Moment huh. of the film festival. They must think they got a hit. That's anyway. like a, a
1: legitimate. Like, there are. Uh, having talked to some sex workers, there's like a a, a sea of like wealthy men in like these high powered positions who like being dominated. Yeah. Because they, you know, they're always telling people what to do and they like to feel the other side, I guess, for pleasure.
0: Well, well there's I, that. Uh,
1: Come yeah. for the movies stay for the dominatrix that's the mike mike and oscar slogan as it always has been let's transition out of can mike
0: (laughs) not even our mothers have listened this far into this episode (laughs) yeah we're flying without a without an also mom net now max max rolled out uh their new logo their new name this is formerly hbo max merging with discovery plus we have we have it all coming May 23rd, and we have three price tiers. We have the uh, Max Ad Lite, which is 9.99. You get two streams, uh, you know, and and it's basically you got some ads. You got Max Ad Free, which is 15.99. You got two streams, and then you can download 30 things offline. Uh, and then you have Max Ultimate Ad Free, which ha- gives you four streams. And a hundred offline dow- downloads. And uh, did I say nineteen ninety nine a month? Nineteen ninety nine a month, and you get four K with the Max Ultimate. Uh, my
1: first thought: How dare you charge ten dollars a month and ads? Right. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, at least Hulu, you get that bundle where it's like Hulu, Disney Plus, and Nat Geo for like six months, six bucks a month. You get all three of them with ads. That's understandable. You're gonna give me a hundred dollars a year and put some light advertisement in? Hmm. why don't i just stay with cable that's cable that's literally cable pricing except when you get hbo on cable there's no ads
0: (laughs) so what are you gonna do are you gonna stay with your 16 because i think i'm getting charged i don't even know anymore yeah i'm at 16 i think yeah i'm gonna stay there probably 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 yeah i mean i don't have a 4k tv that i watch
1: my stuff on so
0: yeah me too uh in terms of the notable movie re- adjacent series or series that we've talked about in the past announcements there is a Harry Potter continuation series with no, the cast. They're
1: remake they're remaking all of them wait what yeah i you didn't have this i added this in i didn't know if you saw it or not but the announcement is they're remaking Harry Potter from whole cloth, they're going to do basically a ten-year plan where every season is one of the books. Totally new cast, recasting everything. The rumor is that I've heard, and I have nothing to substantiate this with. The rumor is uh, Warner's went to the hmm. three big, the three leads: uh, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. There, and they all said, "Yeah, we'll do it. We'll come back" because they wanted to originally do like you know one of the spin-off books with the original cast and the original cast said we'll do it but J.K. Rowling can't profit from it because of the uh, anti-trans stuff she said oh, wow. famously. Uh, th- again, this is all rumor and innuendo. This is not anything that's been confirmed anywhere, at least not that I've found and if you do have a confirmation of it or if you've heard otherwise please let us know but uh, they said they don't want Rowling to uh, partake in it, partake in the profits of it and Rowling, obviously, I mean, she it's her IP so she there's no world in which she wouldn't end up profiting from it so uh, Warner's pivoted and said we're just going to do the whole thing over.
0: Wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how that works for them. Cause those movies are like been watched. Uh, the, yeah, the,
1: the fan base is not happy. I huh. can
0: tell you that maybe from that what was. I've seen. Wow. I, I, that's, that's a weird pivot. I, I mean, yeah. I guess those books can be adapted well into episodic television i don't think sure. that's the issue
1: sure and especially when, with the you know the reliance on how how heavily
0: vfx premium
1: tv is these days anyway and it's kind of seamless from what we see at the movies at this point so i don't think there's any question that they can lend themselves well to a miniseries or a series standpoint and it's obviously going to be another career making chance for at least three young stars right mm, if you more think than that keep, yeah but, yeah but right so but
0: they're those kids are, that's their lives for the next 10 years. Good God.
1: At least. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe. Is Daniel Radcliffe ever not going to be Harry Potter? You know what I mean? Like he And he's done. He's obviously, they're all fantastic actors. They've all done a litany yeah, of projects. True. But you still see Daniel
0: Radcliffe, at least in my mind. You're like, oh, that's Harry Potter. Anyway, we have a Conjuring Universe series in the works. No, nothing uh, else on that. And we have Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai. You're a big Gremlins, going- Gremlins fan.
1: They're great, and I I, I do I agree that Gremlins should be a miniseries, and I think it's a great IP to bring back. What I've learned from Max here and Zaslav's you know, pivot with Max is that it's all going to be IP-reliant. If you look at how the movies have been lately with how Marvel's doing at the box office and how DC obviously has been doing, it feels like we're getting to a point where people are less in love with nostalgia and ready for new stories and ready for new things and new IP and new ideas. So is Max pivoting at the wrong time here?
0: Give me what I never knew I always wanted. Yeah. But make sure I know I knew I wanted it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, do you have faith in these as successes?
0: I I don't know. It's probably going to be case by case. I mean, Conjuring Universe, if it has the two principal stars in it and you're, you know, they're they got a new crazy case every week or every season. That'd be uh-huh. kind of cool if it's a Warren procedural. If it's a Weed Warren procedural? Thing, yeah. Holy shnikes. Or if That'd it's a Warren, you know, season long procedural. Right, right. I'm in if for it, that. I mean,
1: if it's a true detective but with the Warrens and more supernatural type deal. Yeah.
0: We totally are in for that, even yeah. though it's all lies, but. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Why let facts get in the way of a good story, you know? <laughs> true detective night country is probably. One of the, the coolest things coming out of this set of announcements because we got a new trailer for Issa Lopez's series starring Jodie Foster, Foster, Callie Rays, and John Hawks. In Ennis, Alaska, the men that operate as research station vanished. To solve the case, detectives Danvers and Navarro will have to confront the darkness themselves and dig into the haunted truths that lie buried under the eternal ice. I... I think I gave up on True Detective midway through the second season, but this trailer looks great, and I'm very intrigued by this premise. The Mahershala Ali season wasn't bad; it was okay. It wasn't yeah. great, but it was you know the first season was great television all time. Yeah, Callie Ray's was also an awesome discovery that uh, I had from a couple tri- tri- Tribeca's ago. Catch the Fair one, which I think is on AMC Plus. She's a former UFC fighter turned actress, and she's kind of a natural oh, and, and cool. Yeah, so I, I love this group here, Issa Lopez. Issa Lopez, who
1: did Tigers Are Not Afraid for a couple years ago, which flirted with uh, contention at the Oscars level for international feature, and you were a big fan of it, I remember.
0: Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Guillermo del Toro's early work there mm-hmm. uh, in terms of Mexican horror, and it was really, really strong. And and Look, I, I think this trailer is hiding the ball quite a bit. Like We get some intriguing lines. I didn't even know it was about people who went missing, to be honest with you. I, we didn't get much in this trailer yeah. at all. So it's very coy. I think. I, I think the biggest thing I take away from this trailer is that these two detectives don't like one another. There's some
1: workplace tension, and they have to overcome it.
0: Yeah. So that was it. Was good. I,
1: I'm in for it. Yeah. It looked very good. The regime is another. And series. by the way, not to not to cut you off, but we're going to talk about these three series that have trailers attached to them. This was the only one that's debuting this year in 2023. These next two, Max put out trailers for, and they're not out until next year.
0: I did not know that yeah very strange. The regime stars Kate Winslet, Andrea Riseborough, Matthias Schoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, an authoritarian or an authoritarian regime is about to unravel It's mesmeric the, reg- <laughs> the regime <laughs> the regime follows a mesmeric story <laughs> of one year <laughs> within the walls of its palace. So you're looking at this trailer,
1: you're looking at this cast, and, I mean, for me, I was just waiting for Hugh Grant to show up, and I was like, ah, oh, I could have sworn Hugh Grant would have been in something like this. And then I looked at the cast list, Hugh Grant's in this in this show! <laughs> He's not in the trailer, but he does show up in the show at some part. Mike, is this fiction or nonfiction? What... I have a feeling it'll be a fictitious country, but it'll be quite a bit
0: laced in nonfiction. Because Stephen Frears usually tackles, like, political films from, like, ripped from the headlines right. stuff, especially involving the royal family. So I, I'm kind of confused here. I, like, I'm wondering, is Martha Plimpton supposed to be a Hillary Clinton character? She but, has to be. But is she, like, a dystopian future's Kellyanne Conway? Like, I don't understand. I mean, how many... <laughs> One might argue that those two aren't that different. Oh, um, God. <laughs> you know, I there...
1: Yeah, that's the... Imp- I got Hillary. A lot of Hillary vibe from the pantsuit hair. she has a southern accent.
0: Yeah, she does. I, I know Arkansas. Hillary... Well, Hillary faked a southern accent maybe <laughs> at a couple of campaign functions. Lifelong, but. lifelong New Yorker. What are you talking about? <laughs> the Sympathizer. We'll move on to Park Chan-wook's next series. He did L- Little Drummer Boy that I did not watch with Florence Few- Pugh that I, I do want to watch. It's another one of those AMC Plus dives I got to take. But we have... Park Chan-wook's series, The Sympathizer*, starring Robert Downey Jr., Hoa Suand, and I gotta tell you, and Sandra Oh, by the way, but Hoa Suand, he's acting the hell out of this premise in, the, in this uh, trailer, Michael. A half-French, half-Vietnamese man who served as a spy for communist forces during the Vietnam War. Uh, there is no doubt he is the highlight of this
1: trailer, which I think is a red flag too, because Robert Downey Jr. is going full Eddie Murphy, nutty professor in this, by the looks of it, and playing like four different roles, I think, or at least one
0: guy who's portraying himself as four different people. Yeah, he's a, he's a spy, I want to, I want to guess. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so,
1: but the way they propose the credits, it's it's Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Jr. So
0: I don't know if that means he's playing four different characters or what. I'm glad they don't like, dwell on robert downey jr quite a bit in the trailer quite as much in the trailer as he might be in the series i wasn't crazy about this trailer mike i, I like the acting of of, of ho ho suand but... i i like the, i like he, that he you know he turned the interview on top of the the hippies yeah. head there Goddamn yeah. hippies because i'm still in once Upon <laughs> <by> a <laughs> time in hollywood mode no <laughs> i i like that I, it was cool it was fun it was a fun little twist in the interview there, and then you don't know what side he's on. I think he's working for De Niro, uh, De Niro uh, D- Downey Jr., right? But Downey Jr., whose side is he on? Uh, so you you seem to like this more than I do. You have less concerns. They might be triple crossing the double cross. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Yeah, uh, but can you? You might be able to. I, I think this is yeah, a that's dumb this, and dumber. This is a spy craft movie, if there ever was one.
1: I'm confused by the presentation of this one. I don't understand the rush to present this for coming in twenty twenty four. Like we're doing early Q two previews for stuff that's not going to be available on your new streamer, which you are reforging a month from now, and the best things the best offerings you have to entice people are shows that will not debut for a whole year, if not longer. That's a concern to me.
0: Could be. I, I think they're what, gonna try to pull people in with all the Discovery Plus stuff? for $10 a month with ads. Again, just get cable. I mean, they have Euphoria season 3. They have a lot of HBO stuff, right? The uh your show there is coming back. It's got a lot of hype behind it. Obviously Succession's going on right now. What's my show though? Your Dragon, whatever. Yo, yo. <laughs> That's, but that's that's another one that's like t- a year or, or at least away. It's just started it's production. It's oh, okay. House of the Dragon. I've seen and some hype about it. That's all. That's listen, all I, know it. I will say this: my favorite writing of George R R R Martin. <laughs> yep, is the the Night of the Seven Kingdoms, the the Duncan Egg stuff. Those and are great stories. That's what. Where does that tie into TV? So it, that's the other greenlit. Okay. Series. But doesn't
1: doesn't uh, Game of Thrones have like two other? prequel series that have been allowed or am i going crazy i thought there was like four game of thrones spinoffs that they announced
0: last year i think they're going with two okay i think one with the naomi watts uh character i forget who's that who that was supposed to be it was a targaryen but she she that one got put into pilot but they never picked it up okay i don't know what uh, a fourth i don't know all right So
1: House of the Dragon and then another one, or House of the Dragon and then two other ones?
0: House of the Dragon is the second, and I I didn't write this all down because I I didn't know we were going to spend this much time on HBO (laughs) television.
1: Well, it is fascinating. I mean, look, (laughs) speaking editorially, as we never do here, obviously, and subjectively, we have had more questions than confirmations when it comes to David Zaslav's moves as the CEO of Warners. This is another one that brings me a lot of questions.
0: it's a bit strange. Uh, We'll move into the Star Wars celebration portion, probably go quick here. Andor Season 2, The Acolyte, which is going to be Jodie Turner-Smith, Amanda Stenberg, Lee Jun-Jay, Carrie Ann Moss, Skeleton Crew, John Watts, the director of the Spider-Man trilogy, a bunch of kids, basically, you know, on on an adventure through the galaxy, Jude Law, Carrie Condon are also going to be in, the Skeleton Crew, and Ahsoka, which uh, Rosario Dawson's character has shown up in... I believe Mandalorian season two. I don't know if she showed up in Book of Boba Fett, but Hayden Christensen's rumored and Mary Elizabeth Winstead as well. Are you intrigued at all to get your Disney plus Star Wars series watching going at all, Michael? Ahsoka, I'm intrigued by, but I I mean, there. How many
1: Star Wars properties do we need? I, I know there's Star Wars fanatics out there, but are they not
0: spreading this a little thin? Mandalorian was awful at the beginning of the season, and then really turned up. Andor okay. was really good. I just I like I like the calmer episodes. I like just the guys, you know, performing the arts and crafts in the prison. Okay. That was like the best five episodes, <laughs> by the way. Okay. And then <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting old now, but Tony Gilroy's old too. So right, he's right. he's giving he's giving me my Star Wars. <laughs> Old man stuff.
1: It's a goose.
0: <laughs> it's not exactly it. But, then, but no, have, I were, mean,
1: those are the series on Disney Plus, And then we have three more films from the
0: Star Wars universe that were announced as well. Yeah. Uh, our sequel to The Rise of Skywalker. Who's <laughs> asking for this? Daisy Ridley is going to star as Rey. It's 15 years after Rise of Skywalker during the quote unquote New Jedi Order. But. We do have a, a director who's done some good stuff. I loved Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. Charmene Obaid Chinoy. Uh, she's also had an Oscar winning short film, A Girl in the River, before we started our podcast in 2015. And this untitled Rise of Skywalker sequel is being written by Stephen Knight. This is an inspired pick because he hasn't written anything like this, I don't think. Peaky Blinders, Eastern Promises, Spencer, uh, amongst the. Uh, the, the 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 scripts on his resume are you excited for, i mean how many f- finales with ray walking off into the literal sunset do we need i need to get that last movie out of my head though so maybe if they fix sure it, all right it won't be you know the island of the crystals kingdom of the crystal skull forever <laughs> for me <laughs> Therefore, the Dial of Destiny has to fix All right. a movie as well this year. Anyway, we have an untitled film about the first Jedi. I'm quote, intrigued unquote, by this. The Dawn of the Jedi by, guess who, James Mangold yeah. of the Dial of Destiny fame. There you go. And then we have an untitled film that will culminate the events of what the fans are calling the Mandoverse. This, of course, is the uh, series The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and now Ahsoka. I wonder if that actually ends up happening. Why you don't th- you don't think uh, six seasons in a movie is <laughs> gonna happen for Star Wars?
1: Star Wars? That's, that's a great undertaking to have all those stories convene. No,
0: let's do it. All right. They need to find movie hits too. I
1: would I would go the completely opposite direction if I was if I was Kathleen Kennedy. I would just not put out a Star Wars movie for like five or six years. Well, they
0: keep. Uh, green Lighting, and never talking about again. All of these, I mean, David and Dan <laughs> right, of Game of that's... Thrones were supposed to do a Star Wars movie. <laughs> right. Ryan Johnson was supposed mm-hmm. to do a Star Wars movie. Taika Waititi was supposed to, supposed to do a Star Wars movie. Yeah, uh, that I'm Those are just three. Who else? Uh, those are the three big ones. And who knows if we'll ever? I mean, one of them has been can't like Ryan Johnson's. Patty Jenkins also supposed to do a Star Wars movie. <laughs> None of those came through. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I, I would.
1: I, I, Star Wars might be giving too much of a good thing right now. You know, like pump mm. the brakes. Kevin
0: Feige was supposed to do a Star Wars movie. Was he really? Yeah. That's. I mean, come on. What are we doing? Relax, Michael. Let me uh, <laughs> quickly tell you about uh, a day I had at the New York City yes. New Directors New Films Festival. Uh, I I love this festival, going way back to when I was a student. I started a day out with Layla's Brothers at the Museum of Modern Art. Okay. I was wondering if this was going to be a Best International Feature Player. It was up for the Palme d'Or last year. I think this is like early Scorsese, Raging Bull-like, Safdie Brothers-esque filmmaking wow. that I'm surprised I like but because there, there's just one blowout argument after another in this two-hour and 40-something-minute film about this Iranian family trying to get themselves essentially out of poverty. And this reminded me of Pesci versus De Niro. This reminded me of Adam Sandler versus everyone in The Uncut Gems. This was like, I mean, this belonged at a New York City premiere. There's no question. Unstoppable narrative momentum in Layla's Brothers. That certainly kicked my ass for three hours. I was really impressed with this director, Saeed Roustayi. If not for the ensuing ensuing nightmare that I read about after I get out of the movie. So I'm walking around. So I tweet about the movie. I'm mm-hmm. walking about around MoMA in a daze. I have an eleven thirty next film and it's like ten forty-five. Okay. And then I'm I'm reading about this movie. It won a Fip Prize a can. It was up for the Palme d'Or. I don't think it got selected for or it was I don't I don't remember if it was up for Best International Feature Film for iran they went with world war three they went against no bears of course because of you know imprisoning that director uh but i think we had a couple of films vying for that spot in iran's best international feature category that we kept covering because of no bears by the way but this movie's never going to get picked now because two of the actors are getting accused of sexual assault by one of the actresses on set oh jesus And then this actress, uh, who's uh, also, uh, excuse me, another one of the older actresses on set, then accuses one of these same actors of assault 25 years ago. Oh, my goodness. So what a disastrous, horrible nightmare. I mean, it's good that this thing is getting out. It's it's horrible for this director because this happens on his watch. Mm -hmm. He's not providing the proper environment on set. So what a what a nightmare, and yet this this movie is incredibly well made. I'm very impressed with it. I don't think I've seen a better film at New Directors New Films since I started going. Like, I, I mean, it's an A minus for me. Wow! And here I thought we were going to start on such a positive note, but yeah, that's obviously going to
1: be undercurrent of what happened there.
0: well I, I have to go see a movie. A second film at eleven thirty. I won't even say what it is, but I, I wanted to see it. I, I heard good things. I knew it was coming out limited release like the next week, so I knew I was. I was like, ah, I wish I you know was seeing something coming out earlier. Right. And I'm like, damn it! Like I, after reading all this controversy about this film that I really liked. I'm like I'm just hungry for my tacos and quesadilla. And <laughs> I need, a drink. And I need a drink. I need a drink. So I go. Yeah, as <laughs> but here's the cool thing. Like I made sure because I had 45 minutes to like make a move or not. So I was like I go on my AMC A list app. I'm like, is there a film that I can catch before my seven o'clock finisher? And there is showing up with uh, Kelly Reichart, who's going to be there. Michelle Williams. And I'm like, yeah. Let me go to let me go to that at four. So that gives me like an hour to just munch. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to La Esquina at uh, on 55th Street. I get shrimp tacos. Oh, I get car- a, a Carrizo quesadilla, which oh my goodness, mm. so good. And the cheese, I I find I discover a new Mexican cheese every time I order a quesadilla, and this <laughs> is my favorite now. But Two Modelo dark beers, which I, I like, and I, I had coconut flan because it was on the menu. And I'm not going to not order how it. How did you? Well, how did you not like roll out of there? The, sh- the shrimp tacos were small. The quesadilla was small. It wasn't like an overeating binge. It really wasn't. But it was like a ooh, <laughs> <"Hey>, mm, <laughs> delicious. It was really good. I, I I could not be have been happier with my trip over there. Uh, and then I yeah I was able to just walk to Lincoln Center. And I walk past a place like I'm stopping there after this movie. So I see showing up. Yes. Kelly Riker, Michelle Williams, Hong Chow. Love the back-and-forth relationship between Michelle Williams and the Hong Chow characters. Good. Uh, this is you and me someday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before our Banshees of In a Sharon phase. This will be us going through our stuff. There's also... There's also uh, great relationships with the John Magaro and Judd Hirsch characters between Michelle Williams's family or amongst them, I should say. But again, English is not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. And Kelly Reichardt, just a master of subtlety here, all these emotional payoffs that creep up on you. This is her every film. First Cow does it. Uh, you know, uh, Meek's Cutoff does it. Every one of her movies, they get you. is this the one that's supposed to be laugh out loud funny wendy and lucy yeah it's supposed to be laugh out loud funny. there's actually a a laugh out loud moment and people were laughing i mean it was a packed theater this is like one of the first screenings of this movie releasing on a limited release the director's going to be there at the end of it i couldn't stay for her talk because she she had a a talk afterwards i wish i could have uh because i I had a screening afterwards at, at, at at uh walter reed but like this movie is also has stretches in it that are just Michelle Williams staring at a piece of clay for a long time, <laughs> yeah, staring well, at a that's Kelly star- Riker. staring at a computer screen for a long time, and and yeah. she does pay off some of these. But the pacing of this film just drives me nuts. And I guess I might flash forward twenty years and love this movie because I'll be old and patient, and now I'm young. <laughs> And impatient, and I'm I'm just thinking about what I want to go, go and eat next mm-hmm. because and I walk by I walk by Columbus Circle, and I don't know if you know this, but Twitter they give you ads, right? Yes, and because of my profile as a Twitterer, mm-hmm. Goldbelly is one of the ads that always pops up. I'm sure you see it too because we share this Twitter account. I actually never have, but okay, really. Yeah, I've never seen it, no. Oh, so they taper the Twitter ads for one person on one side of the uh, valley and for you. Well, I always get these Gold Belly ads, which is basically the service that will get you the most delicious food. It's great. Gold Belly is great. (laughs) In America. And Chicago deep dish pizza, whatever. They'll they'll mail it to you. Yeah. And one of the things that I always see, and I almost order it. I'm like, how can this travel well magnolia bakery does world famous banana pudding okay in this gorgeous little nook of columbus circle there's like all these cute adorable little shots and shops and magnolia bakery is one of them so what am i not going to go there and eat some banana pudding (laughs) well how was it it was delicious it tasted (laughs) like a long tradition in my family is to make icebox cake which is graham crackers chocolate pudding or vanilla well, some, some of my family members get very angry when a vanilla icebox cake is made because <laughs> they want it to be chocolate. Of and course. then, of course, bananas, fresh bananas. And this – there's like a cookie crumble. It felt like a – this felt felt like an icebox cake except the cream, the put, the actual pudding, of vanilla pudding was delicious. It was mm. just like this fluffy – Fluffy uh, vanilla pudding, and it was dynamite. So I could have eaten the amount of banana pudding I could have eaten. I got a small. I could eat like 15th Yeah, I immediately regretted it. But then the line was so long that I couldn't get back into the line. It right. was like a thirty-person long right. line. Yeah, you gotta.
1: Well, at least that gives you enticing you to to come back for more. I mean, was it? Were there other great offerings? I imagine that type of bakery. I love bakeries. They had it was a, have all it kinds was a
0: little cute, little adorable, almost looked like a chain place, it, like a chain bakery. So this I, was not elf that, that, with like the world's best cup of coffee where it's just a cup of coffee. Right. It, this this was, you know, they have a little refrigerator with all the pudding and then they have like you could buy uh, uh, 25 different pastries. Mm, so next fine. time I go, I'm just I'm not going to order light. Let's just put it that way. <laughs>
1: i like that you're giving equal time to the food that you've had as well as the movies here but autobiography is next
0: autobiography i saw it at the walter reed the film link headquarters there this could be a best international feature play from the philippines there's this gods and monsters the fraser uh gandolph movie (laughs) ian mckellen excuse me and Frazier Gandalf Brendan Frazier oh Ian okay storyline of the creepy old man. I was
1: thinking uh, toss salad and scrambled eggs Frazier like Kelsey Grammer did a movie with him
0: <laughs> no uh, very different because like this is this 20 something young man uh, he's a personal assistant to this esteemed yet sinister army general Ian McKellen's played two roles like this there was a Brian's movie with Stephen pupil. King apt pupil yeah. right so yeah. there's two movies where Ian McKellen was this type of character, but he was an, he was an old Nazi general here. Well, you have this this old uh, Philippines army general still esteemed in the community to the point where he's running for mayor. but there's a lot obviously a lot of skeletons in the you know metaphorical closet there and he's trying to build this water power plant. But there's protests of several village farms going on, and of course he like seeks revenge, and this kid is caught in the middle of it because he's searching or he's serving this uh, former uh, general. Right. This movie, so it's like Last King of Scotland type stuff. This Without movie is trip? based on this man's own personal experience. This director oh, he called God. it autobiograph autobiography because he lived some of it, and God blessed this man for surviving it. Yeah, and no yet. Shit. This movie has like swerves to it that I can't even believe in the movie. I'm like, this is a true story. So it's like, I'm reluctantly giving this. uh, This movie's suspenseful. These scenes really, you know, hit you hard when they do happen. And then there's like this sinister, obviously, there's a sinister undertone to all of it. But it's only a C plus? C plus, B minus. I just, I'm like, there's no way this really happened, but it really happened. I guess I gotta I gotta rewatch it because I'm watching this movie. I'm like, no, come on. Well, I mean, it is you know, movies aren't documents, right? So, did it happen that
1: way? Was what, that the only thing holding you back, or was there? I mean, because you're talking about it pretty
0: glowingly, I would have expected higher grade. Yeah, I'm like, I I, 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 it jumped the shark almost. Okay, all right for me autobiography. So and I'm watching it like that, and yeah, it's just not, not enough really, pudding. Anyway, the, the not enough put I didn't get enough pudding so I was turned <laughs> right. against the movie before the movie even started. And tell me that doesn't happen too when critics go to these film festivals like oh my lunch was shit so now this movie's shit. Every time. Yeah. Every you know? time. Or every other time, let's say. If they're mm-hmm. either because they either love it or hate it at the film festivals. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say a movie I saw two nights ago, Suzume, which we previewed before on the year in preview series, and Eric Weber was going to see. He loved it, by the way. This is a Best Animated Feature contender. This is the director of Your Name Weathering With You, uh, Makoto Shinkai. He makes one beautiful, gorgeous film after the next. Hell yeah, The, he anim- the animation is just draw, draw, jaw-dropping. He shoots like sunshine, unlike no one else in the animated world. I mean, this is soul. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio-level production design depth wow. of fields. Right, and the Oscars are gonna pay attention to this man's animated features but it's sooner than later. <laughs> Computer-generated animation or whatever, but it's it's very impressive, and I like a lot of elements of the story. I love how clear it is because they have all this mythology, and I love how funny and fun it is because you got like one of the characters. I won't tell you what happens, but there's this goofy little thing, much like Soul. That happens, and you're dealing with this goofy little anthropomorphized character or two throughout the film, and it's very cute. However, like, this is a high school girl risking everything for a boy she just met. <laughs> I guess I probably should believe this when I actually say I gonna it I going to say, that
1: sounds like a high school student in love, to be honest. Falling in love with
0: this boy that she just met. It reminds me of every romantic story, you know, captured before 1960 where, yeah. oh, we've had a pleasant conversation. Let's get married. <laughs> You know like we talked about earlier when we were doing retrospectives yeah. on this podcast, right? Like what a the real boomer it? relationship. <laughs> but this movie's a bona fide hit and I could see why. A hundred and forty plus million in Japan, wow. made five five million in the US. Uh two thousand screens, five million is not great. Did it come out just this year in Japan? Yeah. Wow. So I mean it might have come out late 2022, because right. it actually has twenty twenty two next to its okay. title. I don't I don't know when exactly it came out in Japan, but that's that's a good number in terms of the grosses and uh yeah I I would give uh I would give it a solid low B grade Suzume uh, it's definitely going to give you a lot of entertainment value and yeah if you haven't seen Your Name Weathering With You Suzume these are these are really just I mean they're undeniably beautiful you yeah. have to see these movies and and I, have and to, I rarely I, have to go back. I
1: I I'd never finished Weathering With You I don't think I have to go back and rewatch it
0: I tell you though, I rarely give like the aesthetics so much weight as when I watch one of these anime films, right? Because you and me will watch Dune and we'll 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 beat that story up and down. I don't like this. I don't like that. We'll nitpick, even though it's gorgeous to look at as well. And yet here I'm doing the same thing. And but, but I, I wonder it, if it's Mike. a rarity thing though, because but, like
1: you know we we do get those types of animations that. are derived from anime we don't really spend a lot of
0: time with at all to be fair to To ourselves yeah we give dune the same i like i give dune a low b b grade but the podcast mileage that it gets (laughs) is more negative because it we're story junkies right it disappointed us in that regard even though it's gorgeous to look at no, I mean, I mean, first of all, hell of a job making my mouth
1: water with all this food, but good job running down. And it seems like this is the second year in a row or third year in a row that New Directors New Films has
0: been more hits than misses for you. I really like go, uh, going there. I, I wish I could go more days and maybe I'll carve more time out in future years. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited and Tribeca's is coming up. We'll cover that in a future episode. But you watched a couple. Did you watch Megan? All
1: right, so I'll run down quick, and the reason I'll be quicker is because a lot of my stuff isn't new. It's older stuff, but uh, I did... What I did you I...
0: eat in between the movies, too, please? Yeah, I had a
1: huge bowl
0: of ice cream a
1: couple nights <laughs> ago, and it was the oh, happiest yeah, I've kind? been in forever. What kind of ice cream? It was. I mixed two Ben & Jerry's, the s'mores flavor and the fish food. And I, it was gluttonous. It had to be 3,000 calories. I, oh. I I could have just dipped my body in it if I wanted to. I was so happy. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Anyway, uh, I did. I don't think I've talked about Rye Lane yet, but it's either the second or third best oh, movie good. I've seen so far this year. It's a solid B all day. Colin Definitely. Firth, great cameo. But the, the the chemistry between the two leads is off the charts. They did a great job casting that movie. But uh, you've seen that, right? Yes, Rye yeah, Lane on Hulu.
0: Fun. Yeah, that was, that uh, was good. House Party,
1: not good. Watch that on <laughs> HBO Max.
0: I, I made it through like fifteen minutes and I couldn't go any further. I mean, was... it's
1: like it's basically who's friends with LeBron the movie, which I oh get because there's a lot of like one off famous cameos, which is fine, but uh-huh. it's yeah, it's not as good as the original House Party. Um Escape Room, Tournament of Champions. No business being as good and entertaining as it was. I think it might be better than the first escape room. Which also got relatively
0: high marks in the horror genre, anyway. I haven't but. seen either of these movies. Why have I not? But, uh, Taylor watch Russell. Watch Tournament oh, right. of Champions. Yeah, Taylor Russell okay. in it.
1: It's on stars, I think, on demand right now, if you want to check that out. Um, cool. Yeah. Watch that. Uh, No Way Out from 1987. <laughs> Ridiculous movie. Uh, you said it's one of Tarantino's fam- favorites, you think? I haven't heard.
0: Yeah, I've heard Tarantino talking about No Way
1: Out. Costner, Gene Hackman. It's a movie about this, uh, the wife of this sergeant or this Navy general has an affair with a senator who accidentally kills her and they have to cover it up. Preposterous. It's so 80s. Sean Young, Kevin Costner starts having sex with Sean Young in one of the opening scenes of the movies in the back of a limousine. Mm -hmm. And like, He's taking off her underwear and like taking off her dress and then he stops and looks up and smiles and he's smiling at the limo driver who's watching this all happen with a smile on his face. But it's like like not supposed to be creepy. It's like he's supposed mm. to be like, oh, you crazy kids. And Kevin Costner's like, what's your name? And the limo driver gives him his name and he's like, sorry, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be a private party. Can you put the divider up? Okay, that happens, and then one of the next scenes, <laughs> Kevin Costner's just like in front of these naked women who are just like going about their... Be- women were treated great in the 80s movies, oh is what I'm trying God. to say, oh because Sean God. Young goes from having sex with Kevin Costner in the back of a limo, to having sex with Kevin Costner on a floor, to having sex with Gene Hackman in an affair, to being murdered. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's, that's Sean Young's arc in this movie. It's horrible. And I was watching car chase, yeah, uh, legendary pretty, car chase. Exactly exactly I, my, I was watching it i got invested in the story after painstakingly making it through the first hour there was like 25 minutes left in the movie and my power went out and i was just like well that's a sign i never finished it you never what <laughs> i couldn't i think couldn't, i could not go back and re I, I was not interested enough it's not a good movie
0: i mean you? it's fine but no wow yeah. I I'm a little surprised you got that far in cuz once you get that far in, don't you right. just wanna just Well, like, that's write what I it... thought too.
1: That I thought it's a much better story if I just, I don't care enough to finish and it's a funnier story <laughs> if I There's a don't way finish. out
0: apparently. <laughs> right. There's a way out. Let's exactly. w- end with that corny ass joke. <laughs> exactly. There was a but... way out.
1: Um Don't Breathe 2, one of the more disappointing
0: horror sequels to a yeah. movie which was surprisingly good. I for the life of me, I don't know if I've seen Don't Breathe too. So, but this was this was was good in a campy way or in a no. It it falls. Don't breathe was good. Yes, don't
1: breathe was uh, you know interesting. It was new. It was a fresh idea. Uh, It was it had some like shock scenes in it. It was really and then don't breathe too. And I remember you and I talked about this previewing this movie. Like, oh, you're taking the guy who like tried to artificially inseminate a girl who he was keeping prisoner in his basement and making him the mentor hero character how's that gonna work uh i'm here to report it doesn't <laughs> it does not work uh, it does not work it's a bad sequel i, I i'm sorry I, I don't like saying movies are bad outright i have no problem saying something like no way out isn't great because it was made the year i was born in 87 <laughs> so it's had 35 years to marinate in the zeitgeist don't breathe too i was really really let down by it. it's like a c minus d plus for me wow the, the other movie i was really let down by mike
0: was megan you were unfortunate. I, yeah, I, I mean, was but, not crazy I, about it. Didn't did I, you like it? No, I didn't love it either. I mean, I'm I happy it said, did well. It gave me what I it gave me what I thought I was going to get. Yeah. But did I, I, did
1: expect- I even review it? I can't. I don't know. Now. I don't remember if you did.
0: I was expecting a little more highbrow from it, considering
1: all the positive reviews. But I, I don't mind that it's getting a sequel. I liked Allison Williams. I get the. You know, the Megan doll is very creepy, even though it was played in parts by an actual actress there. But I was kind of let down by the story. It's a C. It's a solid C. Right. Uh, but, you know, nothing Nothing crazy that I haven't seen or wasn't expecting. But a movie that you reviewed that you really liked that I finally got to, and I will end on a positive note here. Uh, Vengeance was really good. Oh, good. Yeah. Vengeance yeah. was, was real, I mean, even though the whodunit doesn't really stick, I don't think it's a who done it as much as, it but it's not supposed to be a whodunit either. It's more about like a commentary piece, I think, on it's modern a, society a, and the media.
0: Right. It's a, it's a fun satirical take, I would say, yeah. on, on New York, you know, podcasters. The coastal eliteness versus <laughs>
1: normal everyday people. Yeah. Yeah. Um. B.J. Novak, though, man, he's got some directing chops, no doubt. Good. good.
0: Right? Yeah, I, I, I liked a lot of that movie. I, I re-watched it with Family, like, 47 Sundays ago, because it's been on, like, Amazon for a mm-hmm. while. And the people in the room did not like it. So oh, really? Because I think they it's liked a dark. It's a dark storyline. You know what? They didn't appreciate the swerves, and okay. they wanted to just enjoy the road trippiness, I think is my guess because they were having fun with a lot of it like the whataburger stuff they were having fun with all that stuff yeah i mean and and there's various
1: highlights i think if you're if you want any kind of drama and look i mean i was most intrigued by ashton kutcher's character i mean to see Mm. him play an overly serious yeah businessman let's call him i I, that's something we haven't seen from ashton kutcher much either i I was really really by, by the way uh, Issa Ray
0: stole every scene she was in. I don't know what the yeah, hell it was about great. her. She was great. The uh, the audience at Tribeca that was that was one of the huge premieres, like the galas. Yeah, I don't know, five hundred, probably not as many people as Tully Hall, Alice Tully Hall, but six hundred people in there going nuts the whole movie. Nuts, really good. Yeah,
1: good. I was I I'm, that's that's a solid B flirting with B plus for me. I really liked it. Nice. So there you All go. Right. That's my rundown. Watch tournament of champion, Escape Room Tournament of Champions. It, don't right. go in with any expect If you go in with expectations, I think you'll well, hate do it. Do I need to see the first film before the second one? That can't be a serious question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, you don't. I mean, it's, it just is. It's what ask. do you think the first Escape Room is about?
0: I'm guessing she's got to escape from a room. Okay, you got but it. But do I need to know, like, is this like a Jigsaw character? Behind um, it? Do they do they reveal who's behind it? Or I'll do tell I have you what. To know anything about that? The
1: idea of who's behind it is a lot of the plot of this movie, of the second movie. Not mm-hmm. so much the first movie. I don't know if I believe you. I think I have to see the first. Okay. One. Well, watch the first. The first one's good. I mean, it's. Okay. Y- you're better off if you want two horror movies and a sequel to watch. You're better off watching Escape Room than you are Don't Breathe, which I would have never said had I just watched the first of those movies.
0: I control F'd my entire movie list while you were talking about uh, Don't Breathe. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure if I saw it, and I did not see it. So I remember watching the Don't Breathe 2 trailer enough times that I think <laughs> I saw the movie. Don't Breathe 1 is good. Like, you should watch Don't, Don't Breathe Don't 1. Don't Breathe One's a great, one of the best movies, yeah. horror movies the last 20 years, right?
1: Really, really good. Really ingenuitive. Yeah, it's really, really well done. And, man, I was so let down by Don't Breathe 2. Mm. So I believe it. There you go there's some, uh, yeah yeah trailer didn't make sense but uh all right so uh i guess that's that's all we have <laughs> for reviews for this episode. Uh, <laughs> great job by you for new directors, new films. Uh, we'll see about the job David Zaslov's doing with Max as it's now known, and uh, we will see how Can does with their lineup here, but as always, dear listener, what matters most to us are your thoughts, comments, questions and concerns about anything we talked about in this episode or anything we do here in the MMO Empire. As always, you can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify apps, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Uh, Michael, tell the good people what's coming next from us, and let's have some
0: words of wisdom to end on. Well, we'll, we'll touch on the Tribeca Film Fest lineup at some point during the spring here before uh, I get to go, and I'm excited about that. But uh, uh, we will uh, certainly do a preview for Tribeca, and I think uh, I think we got a couple episodes that we promised that we'll will will continue our year in preview series with. I, I may even throw this episode on there on that playlist <laughs> by the way because this is basically a might year as preview, well yeah so. <laughs> the can lineup preview. Anyway, the only thing that's different is the intro song. We got our top ten <laughs> feared films with swell, and then we got our one hundred percent accurate picks, our Oscars picks that we know have never. Don't go back and look. I've, <laughs> I've never been wrong. No, just take our um, word for it. 100% accurate. Yeah. So we're going to do that and, and finally bring our series to a close, even though we continue this series basically up to the next Oscars, as you <laughs> accurately pointed out last year. Mm-hmm. We, we basically are an Oscars year preview show. Right. And then we move on to the next Oscars <laughs> and then do it again, the calendar year round. But we might as well make it easier to kind of focus you guys on a few playlists once in a while. But my words of wisdom today are to and let's let's put it this way. If you're in can right now or if you plan to go, don't you have to like do some like reps, some workouts? where you clap <laughs> and just keep clapping a lot of forearm uh, curls right now? And a lot of wrist twists. How do you maintain applause for that long? Physically speaking. Like if your hands aren't blistered, yeah, you have to find soft spots on your hand that you can like. Otherwise, you're going to be a mess. You're you're going to be you're only going to be kissing people on the both cheeks. (laughs) You won't be able to shake a hand. Maybe that's how it started. That's how the custom started. Everyone had blistered hands from the film festival. (laughs) That's I'm pretty sure that is how it started. Pretty sure (laughs) we all learned just by sheer deduction. Would you like?
1: If everyone's I'm, – I'm trying to find, like, soft spots on my hand. Would you fake clapping at a certain point
0: but just keep moving your hands? I tell you, when I have to applaud for too long, this has happened, whether mm-hmm. it's at a film festival or anywhere, I stop normally clapping. I get punchy. <laughs> I start hitting the back of my hand. I start <laughs> pounding my chest like I'm in across the table from Matthew like McConaughey in Wall Street. Uh, uh, i start doing that i cannot applaud for that long i don't have the i don't have it in me so i will have a stopwatch and i will i will you, or, you know i will take my phone out i'll fumble my phone out of my pocket and click a stopwatch to basically you know on my phone or, or i literally bring my big goofy yellow track coach stopwatch and take it next year I wonder, I would love to be inside the mind of, like, the directors and stuff on the
1: panels who are looking out into the crowd and see you go from clapping to hitting the back of your hand to hitting your chest. <laughs> like, is that man having a stroke?
0: <laughs> Nobody's looking at me. They're looking at the spotlight on the, on the directors. Right, They're but I'm saying at- if
1: you're a director and you're staring, staring out into the crowd, like Jennifer Lawrence is just watching you stroke out for a minute.
0: They're looking at Chris Pine and Harry Styles. They're not
1: looking. right. <laughs> is that man mocking us?
0: <laughs> I hope I hope they see me. Yeah, I hope they do.
1: Guys, they, go ahead. Who can clap for that long? Who can no, clap? I, I listen. It's the most important part of everything we do every year. Is the film festival <laughs> uh, records standing ovation records we all know this
0: variety stole this from us though they're doing a better job of it by the way but yeah they stole it from us they should we should get some but we're we're the official officials of course of course we've made we're the aggregator officials
1: (laughs) when reality sucks guys you can pound your chest and slap the back of your hands with us we are mike mike and oscar trying to make (laughs) award season year-round without the stuffiness we will see you very soon see you